There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in Michael We still don't know who pulled the trigger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon. I want to wish everyone in the United States that celebrates it a happy Memorial Day. And let's not forget those that gave the supreme sacrifice of their lives to defend this country, to defend democracy, and to defend everything we believe in. You know, folks, it's been um, with the Uvalde, Texas active shooting and the death of 19 children and two adults and the wounding of others. This has been a very difficult, I think, week for everyone. Not, not just we who covered this story, the journalists, the police, the profession of policing even. It's, it's been very difficult to accept what has happened. And we could get into the politics and we can go on and on and on. We're going to cover more of this story. Um, this Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm going to have on police commissioner, Patrick Ryder from Nassau County. And also with him will be former Yonkers Police Commissioner Edmund Hartnett, who is also a retired NYPD um, deputy chief. Uh, so an amazing amount of police experience. And we're going to weigh in on the Evaldi uh, active shooter and the things that occurred, the mistakes made, what should have happened, what did happen. And now that the information is out there and the investigation is, well, I'm not going to say complete because they keep finding out new things every day that this is covered. And they just uh, recently announced that the feds are going to investigate what occurred on that horrible, horrible day. And the truth will be coming out. No one wishes to hide behind uh, politics or anything like that. The truth will come out of what occurred that day. And again, it's a black eye for policing in general. It's it's sort of despicable, all the things that we learned and how um, procedure wasn't followed, you know, and specifically talking about in an active shooter incident, uh, the police is supposed to go in and confront the active shooter. That wasn't done, and that resulted in the death of 19 children in this school and two adults so we're going to get into it, and I know the public, the press, the politicians, everyone is infuriated by what occurred at this the Rob School in Uvalde, Texas, and even more so, our hearts are broken. You know, children are not supposed to die uh, going to school, and uh, Phil and I covered this the other night, and we we were filled with with emotion and uh, it was tough to hold it together. And many journalists, even Ashley Banfield uh, was on the air and did a report about this and she found it very tough to hold it together. She had covered um, Sandy Hook 10 years ago and she lives in Connecticut. So she was of the mindset like, again, this has happened again. And guess what? Yeah, it did happen again. So folks, we're going to keep covering it. We may even do an episode tonight on this and some of the new things that we found out. But as I said, Thursday night, I have two superstars from law enforcement, um, Chief, uh, Commissioner Patrick Ryder from the Nassau County Police Department and uh, former NYPD Chief and Yonkers Police Commissioner Edmund Hartnett. So that'll be Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Folks, I'm going to actually cover another story that was being covered a great deal. However, it was sort of put on hold and it hasn't been covered uh, basically because of the story in Uvalde, Texas, which of course Uvalde, Texas should have taken precedence over this story. But you guys know the story was a love triangle. Um, a, a Austin professional bicyclist, um, Colin Strickland, and you see Mariah Wilson, who is a top uh, professional bicyclist, and Caitlin Armstrong, who is the girlfriend of Colin Strickland. And apparently uh, Colin Strickland was having an affair with Mariah Wilson and 
Caitlin Armstrong, we believe, and the police believe, that she went where Mariah Wilson was staying and shot her dead with a nine millimeter. And she was brought in, this, this shooting happened on the 11th of May. She was brought in by the police on the 12th and they interviewed her. And they were ready to hold her on a misdemeanor warrant. They had somehow determined that the misdemeanor warrant wasn't in effect. And after they interviewed her, they let her go. And now investigation reveals that, uh, I believe it was on the 14th, she took a flight from the Austin airport to Houston, and then from Houston to LaGuardia Airport in New York City. And that's the last she's been seen. So she, at this point, is on the run, and they now have enough, the police believe now, they have enough to charge her and enough to bring her in and charge her with the murder of, of, of uh, Mariah Wilson. So this seems like there was some mistakes made in this case also. And I'm going to show a little bit of News Nation always does a pretty good um, report on this case. And I'm going to bring this up and play this for you. Federal agents have expanded their search for a woman on the run and wanted for murder. And they are calling this a crime of passion, all centered around jealousy. Yoga instructor and real estate agent Caitlin Marie Armstrong was caught in a love triangle and she didn't want to be in it. And now investigators say she could be anywhere. A cross-country manhunt is underway. 35-year-old Caitlin Marie Armstrong was last seen at the Austin airport on May 14th. Texas investigators and the U.S. Marshals say she flew to Houston at 12.30, then boarded a Southwest Airlines flight to New York's LaGuardia Airport. That was 13 days ago. Armstrong is wanted for first-degree murder of 25-year-old Anna Mariah Wilson. Everybody called her Mo. Wilson, a champion mountain biker and a rising star on the biking scene, was in Austin for an upcoming race. On May 11th, Wilson and another racer, Colin Strickland, had dinner and went for a swim. Then Strickland dropped her off where she was staying. Police say moments later, surveillance video shows an SUV driving by, similar to the one Armstrong drives. Wilson was later found dead with multiple gunshot wounds. Police picked Armstrong up and questioned her, but then said she was free to go. Meanwhile, police got an anonymous tip that Wilson and Armstrong had dated for a week back in October. When Armstrong found out about the October fling in January, she became, quote, furious and was shaking with anger and wanted to kill her. Maybe you do have this on again, off again, you know, toxic relationship and you take a break and then you have someone else in the wings, right? And then the edges on that can blur as one fades in, one fades out. So it's more common than, than people might know. It was then police started to piece together a love triangle. Strickland, who is also a pro cyclist, says since October, his relationship with Wilson was professional and he is not considered a suspect. Police now have evidence of a recent gun purchase that they say could match the gun used in the murder. Text messages and the tipster all adding up to an arrest warrant. Robert Allen, a professor of Homeland Security at Tulane University, doesn't think she can last on the run much longer. This is totally a heat of the moment. It happened, and I don't, and she's not really prepared to be vanished. Brandon Filon is the deputy U.S. Marshal in Austin, Texas, Texas working, working this case, case joining, joining us live tonight. tonight. Uh, sir, thank, thank you for giving us some of your time. Are you working under the impression and the premise that Caitlin is armed? Uh, when we adopt these cases like we did for this one here from the Austin Police Department, we always have a threshold before we adopt the case. And that's someone that commits some type of violence like this. But there's always a victim or someone's victimized. Um, so we always use extreme caution and we always say they're armed and dangerous. Uh, you look at an individual here that uh, committed homicide here in Austin on May, May 11th. Not only that is she fled the Austin area and the state of Texas uh, two days after being questioned by police. Do you believe she's a threat to the public as well? You know, I'm not sure about a threat to the public. Uh, you know, as far, you know, we know she took probably some anger and frustration out towards this victim, according to that affidavit, uh, based upon this love triangle. Uh, but, 
you know, I can't say what she could do to the next person, but I will say that I think she's gone through all efforts uh, to stay away from law enforcement, to stay off the radar uh, by leaving Texas um, and, you know, going to the LaGuardia airport, um, you know, two days after being questioned. Uh, so she's an individual. You know, folks are asking in the chat, why was she released? And th that's, that's a good question. And, um, one of the reasons that the police said they released her was because the warrant that they used to bring her in was faulty, had uh, the wrong date of birth on it. However, what we're learning now, it seems that the police had awful, at that time, on the uh, they brought her in on the 12th, they had something very, very close, in my opinion, to probable cause, the more I look at this. And by releasing her, they, they enabled her to, to flee. And second of all, if they when they do catch her, she will undoubtedly um, invoke counsel, so they will not be able to uh, interview her any longer. So again, was this a mistake? Well, let's, uh, I, I I think it is. I think it was, and I think it is a mistake. So now they have to go search for her. Where is she? She could be anywhere in the world, and most likely in a place. And she had a head start. Look, she got on an airplane. She, most likely going to a place that does not have an extradition treaty with the United States. That uh, and, and not only that, is, is she deleted all her social media as well, mm -hmm. wiped it clean. Um, so someone who's frantic, who's on the run, you know, you don't know what the likelihood of them or what they're going to what they're going to do next. Uh, so, yeah, you do have to ear with a little bit of caution. Uh, you know, if you do come into contact with it. Right. She, she is facing federal charges as well for leaving the state of Texas. Do you have any evidence that she got onto another flight once she landed at LaGuardia? No, right now we don't have any evidence like that. Uh, we kind of lost the track, lost the footprint in the sand when she landed there at LaGuardia Airport. Um, you know, so that was enough for us to be able to file an unlawful flight to avoid prosecution this week uh, here federally uh, with assistance from the United States uh, Attorney's Office here in the Western District of Texas. Help us understand, Brandon, the decision to release her after she was brought in for questioning uh, just right after this murder was committed. Yeah, you know, I can't really speak to that. Uh, we didn't adopt this case from the Austin Police Department until there was a warrant for her arrest. Uh, so that was two days uh, after the warrant was issued. Uh, so, you know, you know, folks, I'm just going to what the, the Austin police may have been thinking. What they may have been thinking is that if the warrant that they brought her in with was a faulty warrant, that the whole reason she was in there could legally be challenged, that she was something they call the fruits of the poisonous tree. You know, if the evidence that was used to bring her in there is no good, then the whole thing could be thrown out. So that may have been their, their mindset and them feeling like let's release her and build the case. But again, with the mistake was they should have had her surveilled. They should have been watching her. If they were going to release her, someone should have been watching her, watching her. After all, she was wanted or a suspect in a murder. So was this a mistake? Absolutely. With our unique role in this, uh, we we focus strictly on the fugitive. So right now, you know, we we focus strictly on Armstrong and, and her her whereabouts to, you know, locate and apprehend her and bring her before justice so she can answer a lot of those questions. Are you receiving helpful tips from the public now that this case has so much national attention? Yes, we've got a lot of national attention. Uh, to appreciate everything that you know for that the media has done for us to include yourself. Uh, we've generated approximately 37 tips up until yesterday. Uh, a lot of that is very valuable uh, with up-to-date uh, photographs of her from a recent competition on May 7th uh, and stuff like that. So uh, definitely helping out in this investigation, hopefully give us some type of lead uh, over the holiday weekend. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, people on the run, we have found fugitives uh, in particular watch media to try to stay ahead of a step ahead of law enforcement. If you had a message to pass along to Caitlin tonight, if she were watching, uh, what would you and other investigators say? Yeah, if, if Caitlin is out there watching or anyone that is helping her, you know, we ask you to come forward. Uh, have Caitlin or Caitlin yourself surrender to authorities. Uh, it's just a matter of time. We constantly work in day in and day out. Uh, and we'd like to safely bring you into custody so that, uh, you know, you have your day in court and uh, you'll be able to tell your side of the story. Thank you for watching. Click. So, folks, that's where they are right now. So she could be anywhere. She fled Austin, Texas. One of the problems I have with this case is that I think the police are also taking too cavalier an attitude toward Colin Strickland, the boyfriend. 
who was having an affair, of course, with Anna Mariah Wilson. Now, in December or January, December 2021, January 2022, he bought two nine millimeter firearms and he gave one uh, to Caitlin. That's uh, purportedly the gun she used to kill Mariah Wilson. At this point, Colin Strickland is in the wind too. Could he ha could he be involved in this? I mean, I'm a suspicious guy. Yeah, he could be. I don't know why they're all they're just absolving him of uh, any guilt or any possible involvement in this murder. So I think that he has to be kept close by. And the story now is that oh, he's nervous. He's afraid that uh, Caitlin may kill him. I think that's ridiculous. You know. I think potentially he could know where she is. Potentially he could still be in contact with her. And I would think that, I mean, obviously the federal marshals, they're great at their job. They know all of these things that I'm talking about. They weren't born yesterday. But I think that he has to be watched also. Um, a, uh, Raul Thomas Collins had numerous versions of his relationship um, with Wilson. Yeah, I, I don't believe his versions. I believe, and unfortunately, I know her family is hurt by the fact that they they swear that she wasn't having a relationship with him. But I think it's much more probable that, in fact, she was having an affair with him. And it was it, it continued. The, the night she was killed, they went out on a date. They went swimming together and they got something to eat. So that, to me, implies. And, and um, Colin was trying to hide messages in his phone and, in fact, changed her name inside his phone. So... As we say in New York, something is fugazi. Something is not adding up here. And is he involved in, in, the, in the murder or is he just a guy having an affair trying to cover his butt? You know, those are some of the things that we have to look at. And, and you know, I want to put a little bit of Ashley Banfield on, who's one of my favorites on um, News Nation. And let's see what she, and this is again, a, this is a couple of days ago maybe four or five days ago. So let's bring this up. This, this information is a bit dated, but it, it re-asserts uh, what, we, what we know about this Two case. disappearances. There's been quite a twist in that manhunt or woman hunt for the fugitive who suspected of shooting dead her boyfriend's secret lover a few weeks ago and then fleeing to New York and vanishing. Colin Strickland, that boyfriend, a professional cyclist in the center of this murderous love triangle, well, now he himself has fled, fled the state of Texas, uh, supposedly out of fear that he could actually be the next victim. A friend of Collins is telling the Daily Mail, quote, none of us can sleep. He is staying out of sight until she's caught. I do know where he is, but I am not mentioning where for his safety. He is not in Texas. He's got completely out of Dodge. Until she's caught could really be a while because Caitlin Armstrong, the fugitive yoga instructor turned murder suspect, has been on the run for two weeks now. She was last seen on surveillance video at New York's LaGuardia Airport having flown from Texas on May 14th, which means the search has pretty much been narrowed down to planet Earth. Joining us now is attorney and former Miami-Dade prosecutor Mark Iglarsh. Mark, you know, I, I think about uh, Colin Strickland saying he's he's running and staying under the radar because he fears for his life. And I, I, I keep thinking, isn't that what the police are for? When, when this kind of thing happens, don't they provide protection for people like Colin? Yeah, in movies, in the real world, when you genuinely fear possible death, you get out of Dodge. And I understand you want him to help police. Maybe a combination of both. Can he help police from whatever location he now exists in? 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that maybe he's let them know where where he is, but the rest of us know. So a friend of his, uh, the same one who said he'd fled for his safety, his name is David. He didn't want to give his last name. He said this about Caitlin Armstrong, the fugitive, because he was friends with both Colin and uh, Caitlin. He said uh, there were zero red flags. She was always such a nice person. He told the Daily Mail, quote, before the murder, the person I knew was a really sweet and nice human that was trying to make her dream in this world, whatever that was. And, you know, we always say that an affair is a, a, class of, a classic motive for, for a murder, but prosecutors don't even need to, to prove motive, but they do need to prove a lot more. That's correct. So we they, they can never really pinpoint all the time exactly why somebody kills. And again, she's presumed to be innocent. But the fact that there was a love triangle here certainly makes her suspect number one. So then we decided to look up uh, what flights were out of LaGuardia that night um, on, on May 14th, because that's when she spotted in LaGuardia. And we narrowed down the flights to countries that don't have extradition treaties with the U.S., thinking that might be what she was thinking. She's an educated woman. And this is the list that we came up with uh, that, that had flights that day and that night out of LaGuardia. Uh, Cambodia, Indonesia, the Maldives, Morocco, Nepal, Russia, and Vietnam. And let's just count out Russia for now. But Nepal stood out. And I'll tell you why, Mark, because she's a yoga instructor. And, you know, Nepal is a mecca for people who not only take yoga, but teach yoga. There are yoga retreats. There are yoga instruction courses regularly in Nepal. And it made me wonder if that might not be a place that would be smart to search. First of all, I am thoroughly impressed at your staff for being able to come up with that, to narrow it down to seven places that I don't ever want to go to, but maybe that's where she went. If she went to any of those places, this is an enormous problem for law enforcement. They're not going to be able to get her back, most likely. Literally, without an extradition treaty, that's just it. She can enjoy Everest and yoga and anything else if she's in any one of those countries is extremely likely. The fact that the feds are now picking this up increases the chances that there'll be more resources devoted to it and maybe some ways to get her. But I don't know. If she goes to these places with no extradition at all, that's a problem. Okay, 20 seconds left. If uh, you're Armstrong's attorney, don't even know if she has one. But if you get a phone call from her, what's your obligation, if anything? Well, first to ask her, what do you want to do? And if she wants to come in, she thinks she's misunderstood, we make arrangements to have her come in and be heard. But you can't say anything to the police about her whereabouts? Absolutely not. Attorney-client privilege, she should be able to have a sacred relationship with me and tell me whatever she wants to without me telling law enforcement. Well, Mark, this story's not over. The, the hunt continues two weeks now. I'm going to have you back as soon as we do find her and find out what's next for her. Thank you. Yeah, so, folks, you, you you watch that, and and I I sometimes get a kick out of the fact that friends and family always say, "There's no way she could have done this. That's not who she is. There's that's not her." You know, people commit murder all the time that think you know uh, there's no way they could have done it. But guess what? They did. They did do it. The firearm that she had, I believe, she owned a, a Sig Sauer, a nine millimeter Sig Sauer. There are spent shells. We discussed this when we did this case once before. There are spent shells on the scene, and they're going to be positively matched up to that firearm, and that's very powerful, powerful evidence. Guys, um, I didn't want to today. Phil Grimaldi works real late at night sometimes, and I didn't want to bring him in so early today, but here he is. He came in. He's a real trooper. I'm going to pull him up on the screen. Phil, you know, you didn't have to wake up. I know you uh, worked all night long and then you got up early to, to come on. But uh, I thank you and I appreciate you uh, being here. Absolutely, Billy. Uh, yeah, no, I know we were scheduled to go on a little bit later than this, but uh, just getting my act together here. Uh, yeah, I've been listening a little bit uh, as I was getting ready, but I know that uh, there were some people in the chat talking about whether or not the relationship between Colin and Anna actually existed. I think there were text messages that were uncovered by the investigators and police that indicated that, yes, there was uh, some type of relationship. I believe that she agreed to go to, go to uh, uh, you know, a dinner with him and to go swimming. But she kind of said as friends, but they know that there was this previous relationship uh, back in late October, early November, where they actually dated for about three weeks or so. So I think that the relationship's obviously been established. The family 
is of the opinion that, you know, maybe they, they weren't aware that she was starting to see him again. Maybe there was a plan that he was going to break up with, um, with, uh, Caitlin and then, uh, you know, maybe, uh, reestablish the, uh, relationship with Anna, but, uh, and perhaps they didn't know about that. So, uh, I think it's clear the fact that she's now in our neck of the woods. I think that, uh, you know, she landed in New York and apparently she's somewhere in the area, uh, I mean, it's, it's more than, uh, more than a week ago, but, uh, you know, she still, uh, maintained, uh, travel into this area. So, uh, you know, obviously anybody in the area has got to keep an eye out for her. Uh, I don't think that, um, they have any track of her after she hits LaGuardia other than, you know, they have her on the video surveillance. I mean, that's what they're putting out. There may be more information, but how is she traveling? I mean, you know, um, uh, most places when you travel, you know, you go to rent a car or something. You can't just use cash. You go to rent a hotel room. You can't use cash. No, you you got to use a credit card. Yeah. yeah, ID and a credit card. That was established after uh, after 9-11. So, you know, they're probably hot on her trail. And I think the best thing for her to do is to go in and face the music. And, uh, you know, you have the right to, uh, you know, confront your accusers and you'll have your day in court. And however it plays out, it plays out. Uh, Phil, Patty Banks feels sorry for you. She says she's <laughs> going to make you some coffee. I, I got it right got, here. Got some coffee on the scene. You know, one <laughs> of the things we were focus on, and again, like the day she was in the, the the shooting occurred on the 11th, and her car is seen on video in front of the house where Mo was staying at, and it's very clearly. And when they questioned her about that, she really just didn't, you know, didn't admit it or didn't uh, say anything. And then at some point they decided that the misdemeanor warrant they were holding her on was faulty. And I tried to explain to the audience, I think the police um, got a little nervous. The Austin police, like, this could be the fruits of the poisonous tree. If what we're bringing her in on is illegal in its face, then maybe all the questioning we do today. So I think they may have lost their nerve based on that fact, because it almost seemed to me at that point they had very close to probable cause, which, of course, is the level necessary to arrest someone, put handcuffs on them and charge them. And, I mean, her car was there. Her gun, uh, or the spent shells matched her gun, or they, they're saying or it was very similar. They're not committing to that. So, that, to me, they had something very close to probable cause. So, letting her go, wasn't that a, a huge mistake? You know, Billy, uh, I've been in the situation where we've had a suspect in custody. We were questioning the suspect. The suspect is not uh, alluding to the actual crime, whether it be a homicide or some serious assault or a shooting or whatever it was. But, um, you know, we are in contact in, in Brooklyn. This is how we did it in, in New York City and Brooklyn and the NYPD. We had to be, especially with a homicide investigation, we had to get authorization from the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office to proceed with an arrest in, in a homicide case. That was the only crime that you needed authorization from the DA's office to, to actually make the arrest. So again, there could have been uh, a delay in figuring out that she had this gun and the shells matched. There could have been some delays in uh, the text messages. So may, they may have not had all the facts. She goes in there on this uh, uh, supposed warrant. Now, warrants are only active for a certain period of time. There are statute limitations on different warrants, depending on what the crime is. So when they found that there was a warrant, they must have pulled it and found that it wasn't active anymore. It could have ran out because of the statute of limitations, or maybe it was cleared and it just wasn't pulled out of the computer, whatever the case may be. That's what they were going to hold her on. When they questioned her about the fact that her vehicle was seen on videotape at the location around the time of the murder, she supposedly had no, uh, no reason, or she didn't explain, you know, she kind of shrugged her shoulders when she was asked that question. That was obviously the hard question. Your vehicle was there. This woman was killed. Uh, how do you explain that? And she said she couldn't explain it. So she didn't elaborate on that. She probably shut down on some point on the questioning. They weren't able to hold her on the warrant. And again, like I said, they may have consulted with a prosecutor and the prosecutor said, listen, you're going to have to let her go but do A, B, and C, do the follow-ups on, you know, the text messages, the ballistics, uh, the testing of the firearms and stuff like that. Who knows if they even had her firearm in their possession, the, the law enforcement's possession at the time they were questioning her. So whatever, they, uh, listen, obviously in best, you know, in a perfect world to hold her until they could do all of these things. 
yes, that that would be a perfect world. But uh, people have civil rights. And, you know, sometimes, you know, a, a lawyer could show up and say, hey, is my client under arrest? If not, I'm taking them with me. Or the person can just stand up and say, am I under arrest? Am I being held? No, you're not. OK, I'm out the door. So that's the Phil, uh, I'm going to read this from The New York Post. Strickland um, also said he purchased two firearms a Springfield Armory handgun for himself <clears throat> and a six-hour handgun for Armstrong sometime between December 2021 and January 2022. Police later found shell casings at the Maple Avenue apartment that could, ha that could have come from the six-hour gun, they said, which I think they're probably, at this point, they're sure it came from the six-hour gun. Maybe at that point, you're right. Maybe they didn't have the ballistics, the ballistics tests back to confirm and to 100% say no, these spent shells absolutely came from this gun. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. If you're not subscribed to us, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's free. Give us the yes, thumbs up and ring that bell. If you <clears> want to support <throat> us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. And you can see the folks in the green font in the chat. They're part of our YouTube family and they're part of the Police Off the Cuff family. And we have five different levels of that. You know, this case is very interesting, and of course, it took a back seat uh, once the Uvalde, Texas um, active shooting happened, as it should have. That case should be uh, the number one case covered in the nation, right? The number one news story. And there's still a lot of things, as I, when I opened up did my opening monologue, there's a lot of things about that case we are still learning. And uh, the more and more we learn, the uglier and uglier it gets. Uh, Phil and I may do a, a show later on tonight. That has, we have to determine that. But as I said earlier in the show, this Thursday night, June 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Nassau County Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder will be on, as well as former Yonkers Police Commissioner Edmund Hartnett, who was also a deputy chief on the NYPD. Two brilliant uh, police chiefs, and uh, they're going to weigh in on the Ubaldi active shooter incident, weigh in on active shooters across the country. What should be done? What went wrong here? Will it go wrong again? What does the future hold for this type of thing? It's a very interesting topic, a topic that is also filled, unfortunately, filled with politics, filled with a lot of emotion. When you know, whenever you have 19 children murdered by a uh, you know a homicidal maniac, basically, is what he was and two adults, 21 people. This this is a topic that's going to be on the front burner for a while now, so I just wanted uh, to to, uh, to mention that. Now, now we can go back to this case. I believe that this guy, um, Strickland, I think he has some more involvement than they're, than they're letting on. I don't think he should have been just, you know, poo-pooed and, and let go, and all of a sudden they're saying they don't know where he is now either. Oh, he's really hiding from his ex? Do you believe that? I don't believe that. Yeah, you know, Billy, uh, yeah, that sound. listen, she's on this rampage. She goes and kills the girlfriend. She obviously uh, killed uh, this other woman in the, in the love triangle to be with him. I don't know if she's going to have uh, such anger and hatred toward him. He allegedly is now in hiding or whatever. But, I mean, you know, so if you live in one location, you go stay at another friend's place or someplace that she doesn't know, obviously. And I don't think he needed to leave Texas. It, it, it could be fishy. They kind of seem to, in the beginning of the case, uh, clear him as being involved in a as a suspect. I think they uh, maybe they were able to uh, corroborate his, uh, you know, his, his uh, uh, where he was at the time of the murder, his alibi. So uh, that's what they said in the beginning. Who knows if that's true? Maybe they were playing that card that uh, to make him relax and be at ease that, you know, that he wasn't involved in it. But uh, he may be involved, not in the murder. He may be involved with the, you know, her taking off her flight, her uh, flight from justice. You know, Phil, if, he, if he's having an affair <clears throat> with her, starting with Anna Mariah, uh, Anna Mariah Wilson, starting in October, and in December or January, he buys two nine millimeters. One for him and one for his girlfriend. I'm concerned with that. I really am. I mean, first of all, you're having an affair. Wouldn't you be concerned that maybe your girlfriend will kill you? So you buy her a gun and then he, he buys her a gun and then she kills the woman with whom he's having an affair with.
Yeah, that's definitely one of the questions that I need to think he needs to answer is, uh, you know, uh, listen, obviously he was questioned about it. And I would ask what led up to you buying two guns at that time? Was there a plan in place beforehand, before any of this happened? Did you become an avid uh, shooter overnight? You know, yeah. They, they, was there some type of a break in and maybe you wanted to be... Uh, you know, uh, protecting yourself and and your girlfriend protecting herself was their threats. What caused them to, you know, in the middle of this saga, like you said, Billy, that's a great question. And I think that that definitely needs to be answered. Well, Phil, a, a part of this uh, story also in the post was that um, Strickland, who has not been charged with any crime, appears to have given somewhat conflicting accounts of his relationship with Wilson. And others have contradicted his statements. This is from one of her friends. Collins, a douche and a player, a woman in Austin's tight-knit cycling community, told The Post, all he cares about now is covering his ass. Well, covering his ass, uh, you know, uh, I can uh, understand that and agree with that part of the uh, the comment. But, you know, he's either involved in it or he's not involved in it. And, you know, uh, calling him a player, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he was like. I guess uh, that maybe if this, this person knows him good, uh, maybe that's what he was. And, uh, you know, uh, playing two different uh, women like that, uh, you know, can make I'm not trying to justify what she did, but that can make someone, you know, go into a rage and stuff like that. So, yeah, I guess all of these things need to be looked at. And he it seems cowardice in a way that he's out and hiding now. If that's really true, that he's, he's worried she's going to kill him. She took off. She went to LaGuardia. She's not coming back to Texas. I don't think he needed to leave Texas at all. No, Starla Starbright. I like your name. It sounds like you're an ice skater or something like that, you know. Of course, he is, in, he is hiding. This is probably a lot of his fault, and he can't get caught, even if now he has to do some dirty work. So it seems a suicide most likely be a murder. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but uh, I, I see him as having some complicity here. And I would think that law enforcement should probably be all over him, whether it's um, surveilling him or being on his phone or watching him, uh, his travels. Uh, you know, he potentially could lead them to her. That's my opinion. You know, I'm very suspicious. I was law enforcement for 27 years. Listen, that's the nature of the game here. That's the nature of the beast, to be suspicious and to question, uh, you know, just because somebody comes in and gives a statement and they seem like they're cooperating, you know, everything has to be corroborated. And I'm sure that they probably are looking into his cell phone records, his text messages, whatever uh, emails that he, uh, you know, corresponded with either um, Caitlin or Anna. So I, I'm sure they're going to be looking at that. And then, you know, uh, listen, not to give too much information on uh, hunting down fugitives, they're going to be looking into relatives, friends, any uh, connections throughout the country, uh, you know, uh, that they had uh, occasion to, to visit, whether it be friends, relatives. So uh, somehow she wound up in the Northeast here. She landed in LaGuardia Airport. Uh, there has to be you know, why did she run to that area? There's got to be a reason for that. And then again, uh, they could probably track his location as well to see where he is. Who knows if they're going to meet up somewhere and then try and stay on the run. Design rhythm. People are so casual about hooking up with multiple partners these days. Yeah, that that's that's pretty true. Let me play a little more of Banfield. This is another... Welcome back. An update tonight and a big one on the woman hunt that we brought you on Monday. It stems from what looks like a love triangle, a love triangle gone very, very wrong with one side of the triangle dead, the woman on the right, another left grieving, the one in the middle, and no one knows where the third side is, though U.S. Marshals now believe they may have narrowed it down. That third side, the one on the left, is Caitlin Marie Armstrong, Caitlin Marie Armstrong and she's on the run from the law suspected of murdering world-class cyclist Anna Mo Wilson in Austin, Texas, the evening of May 11th. That's two weeks ago tonight. Mo Wilson and Caitlin Armstrong's boyfriend once had a fling and may have still been seeing each other, even though he denied it. The marshals now say that on May 14th... They, they may have still been flinging. <laughs> three days after the killing... Caitlin Armstrong was caught here on this surveillance video boarding a flight at the Austin airport. She flew to Houston 
and connected there to New York City's LaGuardia Airport. And from there, she could be anywhere. Um, a homicide warrant has now been issued for Armstrong. That happened three days after this video. I want to bring in U.S. Marshal Susan Powerlow from the Western District of Texas. She is actually at an airport tonight. She's been traveling and has been following this case. So help me, um, Susan Powerlow, to understand where, where we are. Whenever I hear somebody lands at LaGuardia, my thought is the next step is not New York City. It's somewhere else overseas or in a different country. Do we know if she's in this country? Well, and she could be anywhere, but we are following up and, of course, uh, the leads that are produced from your um, from this uh, interview will help us even more. But even today, we got 37 different tips that we're already following up with. And one thing I'd like, because I know we don't have a whole lot of time, uh, having just gotten in on an airplane, um, today, the United States Attorney for the Western District of Texas um, a uh, um, a uh, unlawful flight to avoid prosecution was signed. So now there are federal charges against her for fleeing after committing, um, we suspect she committed a felony, and also that she has left the Austin and the Texas area um, to avoid prosecution. You know, Phil, the warrant wasn't put out until the 17th. The murder occurred on the 11th. She was interviewed on the 12th. On the 14th, she fled uh, um, to Austin, Texas, a flight from Austin to Houston, then from Houston to LaGuardia. So since the 14th, they have no idea where she was. So the felony warrant was not issued till the 17th. It was confusing in the beginning. I didn't think they put the timeline out correctly. I was under the assumption early on in this case that they interviewed her. She she flew to LaGuardia and came back to Austin. I mean, I don't know where I got that, but it was confusing. I don't think they had the timeline properly vetted where it was understandable. But so again, the 11th, the murder occurred. The 12th, she was interviewed. So again, that's not a lot of time to have, as we were talking about, the evidence come back. Right. This right. evidence can take longer to examine. And the other evidence. So it was only one day later. So they maybe were not um, confident at that point. And as you said, they may have conferred with the district attorney. They were not confident at that point that they had enough to, in fact, put the handcuffs on her. So on the 14th, she fled Austin to Houston and Houston to LaGuardia. And then on the 17th, a felony warrant was issued. So, again, now she's in the wind. Absolutely. Yeah. Do we know if she used her own name uh, when she was traveling? She definitely did. Uh, you know, uh, we do know that she landed in uh, at New York LaGuardia, and we are following up on a number of leads, uh, both here uh, locally in Texas. But you know, Phil, tough to fly under another name unless yeah. you have documentation for that name that looks. Uh, Looks good. You know, you have to have a, a license, a fake license, right? Yeah. And also some of these folks, they examine it. Some of them are pretty good at finding a fugazi or a fake license. I, I'm overusing that word fugazi lately, but that's all right. I think the folks from other areas. <laughs> Listen, like that's your word. New York roots. Fugazi is fugazi, like fugazi, I guess. But so if you're going to fly under a different or an assumed name, you need ID for that name, you know? So, and then you'd have to buy the ticket under the, and using a credit card. So, you know, it's a little, you can it be done? Yes, it certainly B can. Billy, be done. listen, there, there's such a, a stringent uh, look at identification with air travel since 9 11 that if there's one letter misspelled, they're giving you a hard time. So, yes, she would have had to have loaded and ready uh, a fake ID. I don't think that's the case. In my opinion, I think she wound up flying under her name. At that point, there was no warrant or anything. They weren't on top of her to stop her from leaving the area. Uh, not by their uh, fault or mistakes or anything like that. It's what you said and what we discussed earlier. There probably wasn't enough to issue an arrest warrant at that time. And and listen, you know, television, uh, get an arrest warrant. It takes, you know, tw 20 seconds. No, it takes, it, it's a timely process. And Well, uh, everything uh, on TV and movies is the easy button. You yeah. press the easy yeah. button, the stuff is done, you know. Right. I just right. got that TSA thing where you pay $85. 
Yeah. And now when you get your ticket, you don't have to go through security. You don't have to take your shoes off. TSA pre-check, yeah. So for me, it was worth it because every time I fly, it creates such stress. And uh, so I got that and I have the enhanced license also. So I have all these things. I'm just telling you guys, uh, maybe you don't care, but it makes, if you fly a lot, it makes it much easier for you, you know? Absolutely. Especially in New York. Um, and as those tips come in, we will get a better idea. Um, you know, our specific role is in um, tracking her down, locating her, and then apprehending her so that she can be brought back to Austin uh, so that um, the Austin Police Department can continue their investigation uh, into the alleged, her alleged murder of um, uh, this young lady. Yeah, let me ask you this. New York, uh, does she have family? Does she have connections? Does she have friends? Why New York? And have you got some good leads as to where she might be and why she chose New York? You know, Phil, people in the chat are saying this lady might be nutty, but a true criminal, she ain't. She's flying, um, just, uh, just, um, she's flying by the seat of her pants right now. Right. She's no mastermind criminal. Right. But you know something? There are no mastermind criminals and she's smart. And she is intelligent and she probably has money and she knows she has a brain. And a lot of criminals don't have a brain. I'll put it that way. So, you know, can she avoid law enforcement for a while? Yes, yeah, she probably can. So, no, again, no one's a mastermind. A lot of times people that are desperate, they make these maneuvers and uh, let me flee. And because uh, all of the different uh, investigative techniques, like putting out an arrest warrant or you know, notifying uh, the, the airlines and the TSA about a person's travel and stuff, these things take time. And, and they just happen to get a little ahead of the uh, investigation by the fact that we talk about it. Timely process doesn't happen like this. So, but Ashley Banfield, she asked a really great question. And I was going there with that when I was talking about, you know, what the marshals might be doing when she says, well, does she have a connection in New York? That's the first thing that, uh, you know, marshals or any investigator is going to look at. They're going to do a a background check and find out if there's any connection or any links, you know, link analysis. We talked about one of the previous shows, any links to that area. And, uh, you know, so uh, that's why we love Ashley Banfield. She's a great reporter, very smart. Antonio, you asked the exact same question in the chat because Antonio's law enforcement, what's her ties to New York? So, Antonio, yeah. you're on it, brother. Let's that's where going. we're going. And we don't, that's, it's a great question um, in terms of why New York. Um, but certainly uh, any of the leads that we get, um, we're following up. And, uh, um, you know, we've, we went from, not having much information to now knowing that um, that was her vehicle. Uh, We know that she got on an airplane in Austin. She's flown to New York and we're continuing to follow up to find out exactly uh, where she has gone. We saw that she was wearing a denim jacket and a black shirt with pink writing on it and white and black sneakers, but we know so little else. Um, Is there any other shred of information that will help people as they're spotting her? Because if she cut that hair, she's going to look entirely different. What else do we know about baggage, about uh, what she might have with her, uh, whether she... I think I saw some sunglasses at one point that were um, attached to her neckline. Just any other details that will help people watch for her? Well, and of course, we've got the uh, video of her at the Austin airport. uh, But we also have um, photographs of her at a a race, uh, which shows her hair put up so that you Mm -hmm. can see with her with short hair and with the longer hair. And she's uh, 125 pounds at five foot eight. She is very, very thin and quite tall. And I noticed yes. she was carrying that yoga mat on her back as she was, uh, I don't know how many Zen moments she's going to be finding as she's <laughs> on the run. But uh, Susan, if there's anyone who's going to find her, it's you. You're a former two-star general, a former sheriff, and now uh, a U.S. Marshal. I wouldn't mess with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Keep us updated. <laughs> Wow, that lady was a two-star general. At first, I was going to say, wow, she seems a little bit old to still be working in the 
federal marshal's agency, you know, but yeah. uh, then she has probably an incredible resume. So they're just, uh, you know, this is a, a third, fourth, fifth job of her life. I don't know, but yeah. uh, she seems pretty competent. But, you know, anyone can look differently. You know, anyone can put their hair up differently, can wear sunglasses, can do their Just the mask alone, Billy. If you look at it coming out of the airport there, I mean, or going into the airport, the mask alone, uh, there, there's no mask requirements anymore on airlines and stuff, but she's got a big black mask on that's hiding probably two thirds of her face. So she's obviously trying to fly under the radar. Again, she didn't change her appearance that much when she was in that airport or the, from that video. Uh, we don't know what she did today. I think it would be very likely that she either dyed it, cut it, or keeps it up or something like that. And she's going to be stuck to that mask. She's going to wear that mask uh, when she goes to church, so to speak. You know, she's going to keep that mask on. She's going to want to keep her identity hidden. But again, how far is she going to get? How long can she stay in hiding? I don't think it's going to be that long, but uh, God only knows. Um, with regard to those uh, her landing in LaGuardia. When you're in an airport today, there are video cameras every single spot that you can be in that airport. And I mean, other than, you know, inside of a bathroom or something like that. But I think that they'll be able to track her movements and see how she exited the airport. Now, if she used a car service or a cab, that's one of the things that I'm sure they're going to be following up on. This is not, uh, you know, I'm not some genius. They're going to be looking at that. And uh, from there, they may be even able to track with traffic cameras where she went in within New York. So uh, I'm sure they're hot on a trail. They're releasing this much information. They're saying her last location is uh, the New York area, LaGuardia Airport, obviously. So I guess they're going to do a bolo, be on the lookout for her. And, you know, uh, showing a picture, the fact that the, the Uvalde shooting happened recently and it's been complete wall-to-wall uh, -wall coverage in the media, that may be why we haven't seen it on local news. I know I haven't. Uh, did, ha have you seen anything, Billy, other than... Uh, no, nah, you know, there hasn't been much because basically the, every news station is on the Uvalde, Texas, you know, sure. the active shooter case, as they should be. Absolutely. Uh, but I just wanted to sh play a little bit more because they have an interview with her father who talks about his daughter. And I will, like I spoke about before, of course, no one in your family believes you can do anything this horrendous. There are a lot of unanswered questions here. We love you, Katie, and we are going to figure this out. This morning, the father of missing murder suspect, Caitlin Armstrong, speaking exclusively with ABC News. I know her. I know how she thinks, and I know what she believes, and that I know that she just would not do something like this. I know her. I know her. He says his daughter is not capable of committing the crime she's charged with shooting her alleged romantic rival, rising cycling star Mariah Wilson. That is what they believe. I know that she did not do this. There are a lot of unanswered questions. According to court documents, the day after Wilson's murder, police questioned Armstrong, confronting her with this surveillance video showing a dark SUV matching her vehicle driving away from the home. Wilson was found with a deadly gunshot wound. Now, that's the camera that captured that Jeep Grand Cherokee driving up this alley. Minutes later, those shots were fired. Wilson was killed. But what's surprising is that none of the neighbors here said they heard anything. When detectives told Armstrong the video made things not look too good, they wrote in the report she nodded her head up and down as if in agreement. That's when investigators say she asked to end the interview and was allowed to leave. By the next morning, Armstrong's social media accounts were reportedly wiped clean, according to the arrest affidavit, and she vanished. The U.S. Marshals joining the urgent search for her and say she may still be in the Austin area. She was a realtor. Uh, she was a yoga teacher. Uh, so she had personal relationships here in the Austin area. Uh, we hope that eventually, if she had some type of plan, that maybe she would reach out to those associates and we would receive a tip based upon that. Now, Mike Altro said he last spoke to his daughter about five days ago. He knew where she was then. Now, the U.S. Marshals say they have about three to ten agents working on this at any given time. They say the key is finding that Jeep Grand Cherokee. Guys. All right, Matt. We appreciate So there you go. Of course, you know, some your, your father, your family, no one's going to uh, – even believe that you could remotely do something like this but you know phil if that was the case no one would do anything you know we we've seen people say this he's not capable of that or you see someone go to a murder their very first crime that they're they're arrested for was was for murder you know
Listen, I get it. Uh, when uh, I was growing up, if uh, if I had taken a gun out and shot someone right in front of my mother, she would say, absolutely, my son didn't do it. So I get it, Mr. Armstrong. <laughs> he's making a lot of sense. And and I think he's probably taking the right approach to tell her, to, you know, he was basically saying, come back, we'll figure this out. And listen, I'm going to go back to the Brian Laundry case. Uh, when he was on the run, I implored his parents to have him turn himself in. Uh, obviously, he committed suicide. We don't want to see something like that. There's, uh, you know, there, there's there's two things here. Uh, she could either uh, be captured and go to trial, or she may try to end her life. And you know, if she does get convicted and she goes to jail, her father can visit her in jail. She'd still have some type of a life. Uh, so you know, th th it's not the end of the the end of the line for her, so to speak. I mean, she's a young girl, and. Um, you know, I think that that would be the best thing for her to do. Come in, face the music. Uh, you know, you're not going to stay on the run forever. You're not going to be a fugitive forever. It's just a matter of time before your your funds will run out or people to assist you run out. So you may as well uh, face the music sooner rather than later. You know, Phil, I, I still think that Colin Strickland, look, he, he lived with her for, um, he lived with her for three years. Right. I still feel that, he knows a lot more and maybe even has some involvement in this. And I don't see that law enforcement can just, uh, well, I'm sure they're not dismissing him. It just seems that way to us that he's been able to just sort of uh, skate out of this. And now allegedly he's hiding because he's afraid of, of her. Mm -hmm. I don't buy that. Yeah, that 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 kind of sounds a little bit thin to me that uh, that story, but uh, I'm sure they're on top of that. But I want to make other one other quick comment about the gun. They said it's likely that that's the gun. You know, that's like being a little pregnant. Either it is or it isn't. To me, it seems like it is. I don't think they'd even be making that statement. Maybe they don't want to expose their whole hand. But it sounds like that gun is going to wind up being a match. I mean, between the the shell casings, the ballistic evidence, the you know the the round itself. Uh, it's going to wind up being a match to that gun. And I don't think that that's going to be in question. It sounds like they were just putting that out there. That likely. I, don't know, I never heard that before in a case. It either it is or it isn't when it comes to ballistics, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. You know, folks, I, as we said, you know, this case is sort of was um, on the front burner. And then, of course, Uvalde, Texas happened. And then you didn't hear any more, as you didn't hear any more about the escaped uh, fugitive Gonzalo Lopez, that story sort of disappeared too, but it's very much being worked on by law enforcement because it gets pushed to the back burner by the national media. It doesn't mean law enforcement isn't still very concerned with Gonzalo Lopez and still searching for him all over the place. He's still on their radar. He's still on our radar. And when uh, some of these stories um, dissipate a little bit, I hate to use that word, but we would, could go back to that and re report on if there's anything new with Gonzalo Lopez. Folks, Phil and I may go on again tonight live in regards to the Uvalde case. I'm, we're not, I'm not committed yet, but if I do, I'm going to post it on Instagram with plenty of time for you guys um, to come on and follow us and, and, and watch us. Um, as I said, this Thursday, um, Nassau County Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder NYPD retired Chief Eddie Hartnett. He was also the Yonkers Police Commissioner. They're going to come in and weigh in on uh, active shooters across America. And, you know, we're going to talk about that story as well as the Uvalde case. And I think it'll be a fascinating Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Phil, final words. Final words. Today's Memorial Day. Obviously, everybody's uh, off and, and trying to enjoy themselves. Um, you know, Memorial Day recognizes the heroes that gave their lives for the uh, freedom that we enjoy today. So at 3 p.m. today, if you can, just take a moment to, uh, you know, just reflect and, and have a moment, moment of silence, I guess. Uh, I saw a thing on the news that there is a retired military guy that was uh, uh, played taps in the military, and he started uh, every Memorial Day at 3 p.m playing it. It's spreading. There's a lot of different people throughout the country that are going to play taps at 3 p.m. So maybe you'll hear it uh, wherever you are. But let's not forget that. And uh, of course, we're not going to forget the, uh, the unfortunate incidents that happened in Uvalde, Texas. I can't even imagine what those poor people are going through. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, story follow up on that. Uh, so just keep those people in your thoughts and prayers. And uh, yeah, we're going to try and get on later, Billy. Hopefully we can pull that off. Um, and that's yeah, it, well, you know, we actually do have a life besides this. 
<laughs> yes, we did. Not, yes, not much of a life. We have a life. We have a little bit of a life. So, folks, I want to thank everyone for like pretty much this unannounced show coming by and listening to us, giving us a chance uh, to come on the air on this holiday, the Memorial Day uh, weekend, and getting to bring you guys in and talk to you. It's a, our privilege and our pleasure to do this. Folks, have a great day. God bless and stay safe. Stay safe, everyone. One episode.